T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Things get a little uh, chippy here. Matthews and DeRozan had to be separated. Well, it was Grayson Allen always in the middle and of it. Allen's in the midst of it. I get the feeling that you're going to see something here when they show the replay. DeRozan still jawing, and, and I can understand his frustration well, Let's here. take a look at it. Let's yeah. see what happens. Well, I want to see this. Yeah, oh, yeah that's come on, yeah, Grayson Allen. Come I, on. Listen, every time something like this happens, his go-to default setting is to do something a little extra. Yeah, he, he's, and then he's, he And then he puts his hands up. And says, "Oh well, I didn't do anything at all." Uh, and listen, it's, a, it's a, when you have a reputation listen. for this stuff, and you add a little extra. It's a chump move, seriously. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parker's the Spiegel. It's like there was a you know someone describing it beautifully, and then and Stacey came in with like the the, the, <laughs> the normal normal terms. <laughs> like that's a chump move. Chump move. I don't care what you say right Dude, there. Sucker. Uh, we get to talk a little bit of basketball <laughs> uh, with the guy who was just on the call right there, joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the voice for baseball, football, and of course, our Chicago Bulls. Of course, I'm talking about none other than Adam. I mean, Adam, hearing that back, are you the kind of guy like when you hear your voice back, you cringe like maybe you did back, like, you know, like in seventh grade or something <laughs> like that? I feel like you're yeah, on hold. Still to this day, man. Still to this day. I mean, uh, you know, you never get used to it. You, you, I guess, you get a little bit more used to it as time goes on. But every because because you always criticize something, you know. Like I think anybody who's who's trying to be good at anything they're they're passionate about is their own worst critic. So naturally, when I hear myself, I go, "Well, that sucked." And that's uh, that's mostly that's mostly how I feel day to day. Anytime I listen back, but that's that's just part of the that's part of the course now at this point. Does your voice sound different? to you like when you're hearing it in your head with no microphone no amplifier no nothing does it sound different to you in your head because my voice sounds very different to me in my head just when I'm speaking with no microphone involved than it actually legitimately does to everybody else I think so I think when I'm when I have a headset on or I have my you know my my ear earbuds in for you know when we're on camera for an open or something like that when you can hear yourself, your natural tendency is to try to change change your voice to what you think you're supposed to be delivering. <laughs> so you know, because so but that being said, but that being said, like my whole my my I, I've told this story a couple of times. Like I was training to be an opera singer when I was 15, and that was short lived. Obviously, very short lived. Why? But like I've I've had a I've had a range of I've had a significant range of my voice for a long time, and I've done theater, and I've done choir, and I've done speech and I've done broadcasting and I've done news and sports. So you, you go through all these different variations of what you're delivering. You know, are you speaking clearly on, on the air as an anchor? Are you 
raising your voice and changing your inflection and your tone and your timber, depending on what type of game you're calling, what type of sport you're calling. My tone changes from baseball to basketball to football because the pace of the game changes. So it, all, all that stuff has an effect on what I sound like. If I can hear myself or I can't hear myself, it has an effect on what I sound like. All of that plays a role. It's all my voice, but it has different ranges and variations depending on the situation. What, lo- what led you in that fork in the road, whether you were going to be highly regarded sports broadcaster <laughs> or opera singer? What, what led you away from the opera singer path in that fork? Uh, my voice dropped when I was 16 years old ah. to uh, becoming a baritone. I was no longer. I was no longer going to be singing at the. I was. I was a tenor in, okay. uh, in in so, you know my sophomore year, basically in junior year, and I was. Uh, I thought I was going to be in Rome one day or some something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was definitely not the case mm-hmm. after about a year and a half of training. For Adam, it, so. Adam, Ant is going to try to convince you to join the group. Don't hey, let him do man. it. Don't let him do oh, it. Let's get this kind of okay going in, man. <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> you, this you three, along with Stacey King, are be trying to harmonize you nationwide you commercial. You three, like you wouldn't be no, no, invited. No. Let's go up I'm north to right, Koreatown right. somewhere, <laughs> get one of those private karaoke rooms, and make this thing happen, man. We can record an LP. That's going to be a fun time at 11 p.m., man, one of these nights. Adam, uh, oh, your voice certainly sounded different uh, during that call right there, uh, during the interaction between Grayson and DeMar. I call it an interaction because it wasn't a scuffle. Uh, it was a cheap shot. Um, I mean, I mean, what is it like for you to see that something like that in real time uh, with a guy that you mentioned, you know, has that history and try to just control yourself in that moment without, you know, having the feelings and the emotions of a fan come out, you know, on your voice? You know, it's hard. It, admittedly, it's hard. And I don't, I don't doubt that you can parse what Stacey and I said and say, well, they're, they're being soft or they're being biased or whatever it is. It's all degrees. Because all I, I think for the most part, Stacey and I do a pretty fair job when it comes to praising other teams, uh, mm-hmm. criticizing the Bulls when they don't play well. We've been on record as saying there should have been fouls called in favor of opposing teams to the detriment of us at times. Because fans go, oh, you need to be – you need to be more of a homer and you need to be rooting for, for us. You're our broadcaster. That's fair, but that's not my style. That's not how I came up in this business. That's not why I have this job. And this is not the city you get to do that. And even though that might be a preference for a lot of fans, this is a major market city and you treat the game, you treat the league with respect. And that's why Stacy and I often are praising other teams, players. We call out the bulls when they play poorly because that, then, it, then it allows you, when you do see something that you feel, based on your own parameters of how you view the game uh, and how you process the game and how you absorb the game and how you contextualize it, that allows me the room to be able to call something out when I see it. Because I think I'm very fair when it comes to opposing teams, when it comes to the league, when it comes to quality of play, that when I do see something that just seems out of sorts, and obviously this has happened before, and now that we've been together doing the Bulls for a couple of years, you start to see the patterns of what takes place every time you see certain teams. This is a pattern. So I feel like Stacy and I called it as we saw it. I'm not as colorful, I don't think, as Stacy is, and I certainly don't have the hands for the two-piece. And if I needed some, if I, if I was in a dark alley with anybody, and you know, I would trust Stacy to, to have my back, even though I didn't have his when the ball hit him the other day. I got to work on my, my reflexes. I got to work on my reflexes, reflex skills. I, I can appreciate that. But I, I like to think that when we see something, we, we say it. You know, when we feel like something is unfair or something is dirty, Oh, we've, we've said, like, well, the, the Bulls should have been called for a foul there. The Bulls got away with one there. They'll take the break, but that's, that should have been going the other way. That should be Milwaukee's ball. I think we're fair so that when we do see something like what we saw with Grayson Allen, 
because it's a pattern to be a pattern of behavior now. Like that's, that's how I felt about it because that's how I felt about it 10 months ago or 11 months ago when it happened in Milwaukee with Caruso. Adam Amin, voice of your Chicago Bulls, here with us on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here is on Twitter, at Adam Amin, Gabe Ramirez, and Anthony Heron. Filling in for Danny and Matt on the Parkinson Spiegel Show here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And I, I do want to get to some some broader Bulls topics in a moment, too. But just to Grayson Allen, Gabe and I were talking uh, in the previous segment before you joined us here, just about the agitator that is Grayson Allen. And it kind of it harkened me back to my feelings of watching the Detroit Pistons in the 90s and Lane Beer coming in, waylaying Bulls players and Rodman coming in, undercutting Pippen and all these different things. These moments where I see guys playing kind of the style I played in high school, I guess, a little more of a goonish <laughs> basketball. Even on the weekends, Anthony. Even I've on the seen, weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I'm, I'm going to set you ahead. Somebody's got to be the enforcer, and that might be <laughs> right. you, big man. I mean, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. In, in modern hoops, like where you get to see all the teams in the league, man, like where, where does Grayson Allen rank amongst agitators? Not as a basketball player per se, but when I think the modern agitator, the – you know, I suppose Draymond Green, to a certain extent, is still that, even with all his accolades sure. and Pat Bev. Where is Grayson Allen amongst current NBA agitators? I mean, he's he's got to be second team, right? Second team All NBA agitator. You know, he's a, he's a top ten type of guy. You know, and and I think that that in the NBA, there's also something that there there's something to be said about the level of respect you may or may not earn mm-hmm. based on being an agitator. Like I look at somebody like a Jose Alvarado. He's an agitator with his play and with his talking and, and a little bit of that in the back and forth. But he also is contributing a ma- in a major way to his team. So, of course, the local fans are going to love him and, and opposing teams aren't going to like him. Grayson Allen contributes to his team in a very positive fashion. We, we said this last night. He's an exceptionally talented shooter, and he works really, really hard. He's worked on his game a lot over the course of his career. That doesn't mean that I condone or approve of how he goes about some of his business, as we saw last night. But he's an agitator. Pat Bev is an agitator. Mo, uh, Mo Wagner is an agitator, although last night he kind of <laughs> messed around yeah, and found man. out. And by the way, yeah. Killian Hayes should be suspended for that because mm. there, there are lines. Those lines, have, those goalposts have moved since the 90s, Anthony, the, the, the games that you were referencing, the players that you were referencing. Of course the goalposts have moved as we've moved into a more modern era, into a quote-unquote more friendly era of the NBA where guys do have do recognize their respect for one another and it translates onto the floor, but they, they're still pretty intense. That intensity doesn't really go away for, for 48 minutes. You know, you, you can make a case for it or not, but it doesn't feel like it to me. So, you know, there's a bunch of guys who still play with that chip on their shoulder, that agitator-type role, but the goalposts have moved as to what's acceptable in terms of behavior and what's acceptable, uh, acceptable in terms of retaliation as well. Like what Killian Hayes did last night for Detroit, that's unacceptable levels of retaliation. What Mo Wagner did last night was probably being a little bit of an agitator, but, you know, like there's, there's lines to this and there's levels to this. And I'm not telling you I'm the one to police it. I was just basing, you know, what you heard last night from Stacey and I, that's how I felt in the moment based on the context of calling that particular matchup on that particular night. I might have a different opinion on it on another night. I might see Grayson Allen do something later and say, well, that's not that dirty. But when you have the track record, as we talked about last night, when you have a track record for this stuff, this is exactly what DeMar said, exactly what Zach Levine said after the game. When you have a track record for these things, at the very least, you have lost the benefit of the doubt. Killian Hayes hasn't had an incident. So at the very least, after last night, you might give him the benefit of the doubt, despite what you saw on film. 
Grayson Allen has lost the benefit of the doubt with me, and I would imagine with a lot of NBA players, coaches, and fans. Yeah, I think your words mirrored not only the emotions of you know Chicago fans, but just you know NBA purists, people that want to see the game played properly and and, and not in that light. So I, th- I think you guys did a great job of addressing it yesterday. Adam Amin joining us here on six seventy the score. Now Grayson Allen, fortunately, was shot poorly from the three point line <laughs> yesterday, three for fourteen. That was great because he took he took a bunch of them, but the Bulls were able to just cut that lead down in the last couple of minutes. I mean. You saw Dragic get out of the game early in the second half, and then the Bulls were kind of just left to fend for themselves. Did you feel that way? It was like, hey, you guys are on the floor. Figure this thing out, and what are you guys going to do in that moment? I mean, this is why second units are so important in the NBA, and Stacey was talking about this last night. It's the reason that Milwaukee was playing so well for good portions of the game yesterday is because they got a lot of bench help with Portis coming in and making shots with guys. You know, that's a deep team, and they can lean on a lot of guys. Dragic was doing that and keeping this team afloat for a good portion of that, you know, those second and third quarters when they needed points, when they needed buckets, when they needed a a strong offensive possession, he was there for that. And then when you get into the late moments of the game, your starters had to step up and Billy Donovan put his starting lineup out there for the final moments. And they're the ones who made the big plays. Zach Levine made clutch shots. Uh, Nikola Bucevic made the big three in overtime. Io Dosuma was on the receiving end of that great DeMar DeRozan play. Obviously DeRozan did what he did. Patrick Williams made a big shot late in the game and had to body up against Giannis a handful of times on a lot of key possessions. So, you know, your bench unit is out there to try to keep keep you afloat. There's, there is a reason that the Bulls bench unit has been good, and there is a reason that the second and third or second quarter, I should say, has been a pretty good quarter for the Bulls after they got, get out to bad starts. It's because the bench unit comes in, settles things down, typically against the other team's second unit, and they're able to get back into games, and then hopefully – your starters are in a rhythm and, and in a mode where they can get going offensively. It took a long time, it felt like, for them to really all get into rhythm together over those final two and a half minutes of regulation, but it happened at a key moment. And like we mentioned on the broadcast, that's what happened with the Clippers a few nights ago against Detroit when they had their big comeback. That's what happened with Luka single-handedly taking over that game against the Knicks and forcing overtime and then winning it essentially himself, what it felt like. You know, for the Mavericks, like, this happens in the NBA, and the Bulls finally were on the right end of one but they need to play with that level of urgency with both units, the first and second, and their staggering units. They need to play with that level of urgency on a much more consistent basis. Uh, Adam, I, I, have a, I have a quandary in my head that I'm hoping you can help me work through because right. specific to Zach Levine, you know, like many people, I, I, kinda, I consider myself a Zach Levine guy, and I feel like between you know, last season as the discussion around whether or not he's a max player really began to heighten, and he battles through the knee issues, and then he gets the max deal over the offseason and you know, kind of fast forward to this period right now. It feels to me like there's a there's a level of scrutiny on Zach Levine's effort, intensity, productivity that goes through a couple of seasons at this point that I, I feel like is is not necessarily unwarranted towards Zach. I do feel like, you know, the other members of the big three don't catch heat the same way. Like, you know, Debo doesn't really, and it's not like DeMar DeRozan is an exceptional defender. It was great to see him with that big steal last night. Vooch, we'll catch some heat, but it feels like there's a different standard to me when it's when it's Zach Levine versus the heat that, that some others may catch. Do you feel like that's an accurate perception? And, and if so, what, why do you think that is? Like, Zach catches more heat than anybody. Is it as simple as the contract? I think it's a couple of things, and then it arrives at the contract. Uh, and I, I do think that's probably the main factor for this. But the narratives around Zach over the last few years have changed a lot. 
right? Like three years ago, it was he's an empty calorie scorer on a bad team, which you could make a case for that uh, just based on the bad team part. The records weren't particularly good, and Zach was doing most of the damage, and it was great for him as he got to explore his skill set as an offen- as a, as an explosive offensive player. He had that phenomenal shooting year two years ago. He was nearly a 50-40-90 guy uh, a couple years back. So the narratives around him have shifted, and then when he was playing on a winning team last year and played for the Olympic team prior to the season – the narrative started to shift yet again. Okay, maybe he does have the ability to be an elite two-way player with his athleticism. We saw what he did before he got hurt last year with the knee injury, and then the discussion became, well, he's going to be a free agent. Are you going to max him? And if you're looking at the standards of the NBA, the max players in this league, there aren't a ton of them, you know, but you, you look at who they are. It's the LeBrons and the Durants and the Currys and Clays and, like, all the elite-level players that are max players max contract players and you look at Zach and say is he producing at the same level or a similar or comparative level to those players and if your answer based on your own judgment is no then of course that scrutiny is going to be a little bit more intensive based on the amount of money that he's making those narratives around him have shifted a lot but they have arrived to this point where congratulations man you earned it you earned your money based on whether it's your play, your circumstance, where you are, who you play for, who the executives are that, that gave you the contract, there's a lot of variables to it for every player that signs a max deal. But congrats, you made it. You signed the max deal. You're a $215 million player now over a five-year period, meaning you're going to make over $40 million a year playing the game of basketball. If your level of production doesn't mirror in some capacity that of those who have been paid similar amounts of money before you, then naturally that scrutiny is going to be there. Can he get to that point? I don't know. You know, he's still working through this, this knee issue, and, he, and he's starting to get stronger, and you can start to tell. And I think maybe the narrative around this team is motivating him right now too, where, well, this is not a team that defends, and they play to the level of competition. Maybe that scrutiny and maybe those discussions are starting to get to the guys in the locker room, and maybe that can help elevate the play. But I understand where those discussions, where those criticisms come from based on just production, by similarly paid players around you in this league. There's a lot more of those conversations happening when the losses are piling up. Mm-hmm. That's what ultimately happens. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score, talking to Adam Amin. There was a matchup yesterday I saw, Adam, that, man, I saw it a few times, and I thought to myself, I think the Bucks think they're getting the best of this matchup, but I think the Bulls are winning, and I wonder if you felt the same way. DeMar with the ball and Giannis guarding him. And the reason I liked it so much was because, obviously, DeMar's so crafty. He knows how to get guys in the air. Giannis, obviously, always trying to you know be a, a tough defender. But I felt like DeMar, that was a great matchup for the Bulls because, one, you can get Giannis in foul trouble. But, two, I think DeMar could score on anybody. I'm just curious what your thoughts were when those two were paired up against each other. I mean, it was an interesting matchup to watch because Giannis would slide over or he would try to step in against DeMar a few times in, in a few possessions. And again, it's the level of craftiness that you talked about, Gabe. You're absolutely right. He can score on just about anybody in this league, regardless of size of defender, because he does have excellent footwork. He has many moves, initiating moves. He's, he's a chess player. He's got opening moves. He's got counter moves. He's got killer moves. He's got trapping moves. He's got all of this stuff. We saw, we, we, we've seen it on display each of the last two games back at home. We saw it in New York. We saw it in Atlanta as well. There's, there's a deep bag of tricks to go to. And I think it's just he, had, he knows how to operate within space. I think that's the biggest thing when you, play, when you play against really good defenders who are big. You have to be able to carve out your own space so that you can draw some fouls. And that has been a problem for Giannis. Both games this year, 
He's had turnover issues on the offensive end and foul issues on the defensive end because oftentimes he gets matched up with guys like DeMar DeRozan who at least know how to operate within that space. So as good of a defender as Giannis is, and he's an excellent protector of multiple areas on the floor, he still is limited at times by somebody who has a quicker first step and has got a deeper command of ball handling than maybe Giannis does defensively on that end. Later in the show, Adam, I'm going to – I guess I guess I'm going to open my soul up to to Gabe and to all of Chicago. And it's cold, it's a cold soul, Adam. I'll tell you that right it, now. It oh, usually is. Man. It usually is. Frigid, <laughs> I'm going to share a an extremely absent-minded moment that I had yesterday that I that I'm hoping people will benefit from. Uh, I also am going to encourage people to share their absent-minded moments uh, with us, so I'll feel better about mine. Does anything occur to you in your whether it's in holiday travel? Or just uh, just in anything in general amongst your your most absent-minded moment that you would be comfortable sharing? I mean, I I, I think we we told this story not too far back. The Bulls were playing. I mean, this is just fresh in my head. Uh, the Bulls were playing in Brooklyn on a Tuesday night, and I did not realize that that was not one of our broadcasts. It was a TNT game, so I took my absent-minded butt all the way to the airport, all the way to O'Hare. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> showed up Showed up for the flight. Wonderful uh, security uh, guard. We have three wonderful security guards. One of them is named Tony. Tony looks at me and goes, Adam, you're not on the manifest for this flight. I was like, really? Goes, I don't know. You should probably check that out. So I called our esteemed producer, Mark Brady, and he's like, hey, uh, Remember that was a TNT game, man. That was uh, we're, we're we're off. Mark's like, I'm at home. I'm drinking home. a beer right now. What are He's you like, doing? Man, I'm in my pajamas. I'm in my pajamas. I'm watching, you know, watching something on Netflix right now. Why are you even at the airport? So that's a recent absent-minded moment that I'm happy to uh, to own up to as well. All right, good. I, I feel I, I'm starting to feel better already. Now yeah. I haven't <laughs> shared. Yeah. I haven't Misery, shared my company, baby. Misery <laughs> loves company. Appreciate you, my brother. It's always fun when we have you on the show, man. Appreciate both of you. Adam Amin joining us right here on 670. The score is Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I, I can't wait to hear this absent-minded story, but Adam's story reminded me of one when yeah. I was younger. All right. so, so, But I want to see if yours is worse, which okay. I'm sure it is. So this was happening after <laughs> the break? Bad. I love this. Bad. Okay. Uh, what absent-minded moment left uh, Anthony Heron turning red? <laughs> we'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, filling in for Parkins and Spiegel on this beautiful Thursday here in the city of Chicago. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The afternoon show. The police of 670. The score. Afternoons on the score. 
Uh, we are the furthest thing from the Popos. Gotta be honest. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I'm not tricking on anybody. And Ant seems like a pretty straight edge guy. I don't seem like you. Well, I mean, I guess color outside you, the box. So straight edge, you know. I mean, if straight edge means that you're willing to play by the rules and, and listen to all the enforcement officials and give them all the goods. That Anthony can be straight Heron. edge. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Heron, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're filling in for Parkers and Spiegel today. Uh, they get the day off, so we get to hang. And will be here tomorrow. I will with yeah. Zach Zagman. Zach Zagman. That's uh-huh. going to be a great show. Yeah. Two to six. Make sure you guys hang out. That uh, obviously some big stories uh, happening. Uh, Pele. Uh, passing away, the great soccer yeah. legend at 82 years. And it was so crazy because, you know, I was, I was, I have to look up a bunch of random information when I go work at the pop mm-hmm. station. So I've been doing that all week. And last week it was, uh, it came out like how many, how many kids he had and how many baby mamas he had and the people that he had married. And it had nothing to do with his death, obviously, because that yeah. just happened. And I'm, I'm just reading it and I was really impressed. Like just getting to know <laughs> like, more about yeah. Pele and, and how that stuff happened. And then, and uh, his his first daughter, uh, which was an illegitimate child, came out and said she wrote a book. The daughter that Pele didn't want mm. or didn't know, excuse me. So like things like that, that was really cool. Um, other other stories are coming out, of course. Um, the Chicago Bears looking for their brand new president, uh, their CEO, and uh, Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren has come out that he's a guy that's been looked at closely by the organization. So um, that's some things that we're going to be keeping an eye on here. Uh, on 670 to score. And you were talking about some uh, situations that you were in, Adam Amin. You made Adam Amin share his embarrassing story. I did. So that, yeah. that way you could feel a little bit better about yours. Uh-huh. So first I want to open up the lines because I see the little red lines through here. So, uh, studs, let's go ahead and open these up just in case anyone feels compelled to share their, their absent, idiocies. Absent-minded okay. moments. Okay. Absent-minded uh, moments. Mine was specific to travel. So, And I know holiday season, a lot of folks traveling, and especially with the – the blizzard from last week and snowmageddon that you know was probably a little tamped down from what the what the initial expectations were but especially just holiday travel is a bear and i just got back in <laughs> late last night and uh you know i, I wouldn't mind with with other folks uh having them involved in this as well sharing their absent minded moments with us because so what happened with me like my wife and son they went last last thursday headed out east to to see my in-laws my wife's side of the family uh, she took our son with her. Uh, so they were gone on Thursday. You know, you and I had work to do Friday for yep. Bears Unleashed. And then you know, I had Bears postgame do or, or pregame and then postgame duties on Saturday. And so once I finished with that, then I headed out east on Saturday as well. But between that and, you know, between, you know, Sears XM show, I still did that from out east and Bears coverage and everything else. Just there, there's a lot that kind of, you know, combines yeah. into this portion of the year that kind of, you know, scrambles eggs a little bit. I'm prepping for, I got the All-American Bowl next week for NBC. I'm trying to learn all these high school players and everything. So it's just, I'm not sleeping a whole lot yeah, yeah, yeah. these days. And your son's not, not that good of an assistant just yet. Uh, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. I'm trying to get him to like, you know, put some Excel documents <laughs> yeah. together for me to get Keeps the names. Crayon, you saying alphabetize them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, his writing isn't that great. You know, penmanship is, you know, but on the whole, it's a lot converging. So we came home last night as a family. So in route, you know, you got to drive from one spot to get to the next spot. We stopped actually at a museum in Boston, which you know, was a nice museum. Okay. Ain't got a whole lot of what we got in Chicago sure. between science and industry and the field museum and shed aquarium, everything else. Chicago museums, second to none. But we get done with that. We head to the airport. So we, we'd rented a, well, I'd rented us a car. And as we're on the way from dropping the rental car at the rental car shuttle facility, and taking the shuttle back to the airport. Now, I got I got my big suitcase, 
my wife's big suitcase, my wife had hurt her thumb, so she can only be, you know, provide so much assistance sure. and trying to keep our son, our five-year-old, wrangled. So I got my big suitcase, her big suitcase, uh, 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 multiple bags that are just gifts because the in-laws just can't wait to shower the five-year-old with gifts. We're bringing multiple gift suitcases with us as well. My carry-on, my wife's carry-on, my son's carry-on, and his car seat. So in total, there's damn near double digits of bags and and Sounds items like to be able to wrestle with. So get my wife; she loads up on the on the rental car shuttle. Son, fortunately, loads up on the rental car shuttle as well. Thing is stacked full of people. Like get to the back of the bus. Just go ahead, sit down, find a seat. I'm gonna take care of them. Get all our bags, and I'm loading one bag. Next big bag. Next big bag. Little kids in the way. People in the way. I'm trying not to knock people over, break anybody's kneecap with the bags. Get everything shoved in there. We take off. We're on the rental shuttle. We get off at the terminal, getting ready to, to head into the Boston airport. So I'm grabbing my, all right, baby, you get out. Take them with you. I'm going to just hand the bags down to you. Hand another bag. Then another bag. And we get all the bags down there. Bus is getting ready to pull away. And my wife starts looking around like, wait a minute. So where? Wait, counting up. And some of these are new bags. Sure. That we just got his Christmas gifts. Counting up, pointing here and there. Is this all the bags? Like, I don't know. I'm just grabbing bags. I, I, I think so. Like, they're all green. And that's all the, the worst question from, a, from your wife because yeah, you know right. the answer. Yeah, the and answer she's just is like, probably she's like, not Are good. these all the bags? <laughs> Damn it. It's probably, it's not, probably not the <laughs> correct answer. It's probably right. not the answer right. she's hoping for with that. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know. I think so. And I'm holding the bus. Like, hey, hold on. Don't pull away. I'm looking around. He thinks you're giving him a tip. Meanwhile, this ain't all the bags, <laughs> is it? All right. So now I got to get off, get them loaded up, get them inside. There is a missing giant suitcase and you know fortunately we get to the airport a good amount of time in advance because we got the five-year-old with us so we never know what may be lurking around the corner that may slow up our progress here so i get them inside get them situated with the bags like all right roll this thing around catch the next shuttle go back get this bag we good now go back fortunately the bag is just sitting there oh nice laying on the ground exactly where i apparently left it so here's the green suitcase you know, handle still out. All right, grab that. Get on the shuttle. Ride it back to the airport. TSA come and grab you right when you walked up to the suitcase because yeah, you left it all by have. itself. Oh, okay, okay. And I had like the you know super like you know like pessimistic. Patty was there. Like you know because I, as I got back on the next shuttle, telling the bus driver like, hey, can you like get on the mic, get on the radio, and go tell like call back there and let them sure. know don't grab that bag. I'm coming back to get it. There's some passenger behind me who hears that. She's like, eh, I, I just did that last week, and uh, they didn't you know. know it. They didn't hold my bag. And I'm telling you, you just got such a headache coming on your hands right now. I feel so bad for yeah. you. And I'm just sorry. You, you don't have to be sorry for me. I'm going to find my bag, miss. I don't need your negativity right like now this. as I try and search for this luggage that has my son's gifts in it. My son's Christmas gifts will make it home, ma'am. I am no. not. You know, so I'm, I'm, I didn't go full Mel Gibson on her, but I, I didn't appreciate the negativity is my point. So the bag was still there when I got back. We get on the plane. We still make the flight because we get there super early. We fly to Chicago. So we're on the way to the O'Hare baggage claim. Oh, Did all the bags make it? That's the question. We go, all the bags come off the belt. We go in the taxi line because when you fly in O'Hare, everybody wants Lyft. Everybody wants yeah. Uber. I get in the taxi line. Always smarter to go in the taxi line at O'Hare. Because it's empty now. Because everybody like thinks taxis $7 are outdated. $7 more than you would pay for the Uber, but at least you get direct access. Feels worth it for expediency. You're waiting like 30 minutes for your Lyft you up walk. there. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to do all that? So they bring up the big taxi. All right, same deal. Let's load up the bags. We want to put them in the car seat? Yeah, uh, you know what? Now nah, let's strap them in. It's public transportation. We don't have to. I'm going to squeeze them in the back with me. Let's just get everything loaded up. Go on and get in the car, baby. I got this. She gets in, brings him in there with her. Here we go. Big bag number one. 
Big bag number two. Big bag number three. I sit the, the car seat over out of the way so I can get all these big bags loaded up and get all the little bags loaded up. Everything is just packed tight in what appears to be one of these like London. You know, they got like oh, those yeah, black yeah, cars yeah. in London where They're the like side door or something opens. Like that. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. That's the type of taxi we're in. They load all these bags up. I get on there. And we're driving. We're near. We're like, we're in the South Loop where I live. We're in our neighborhood. And I start to look around like, man, it's tight in here, but something doesn't feel right. Uh-huh. It feels like something is missing. Like, I've been giving my son a few snacks, sharing some water. Like, wait a minute. I know I didn't put you in the car seat, but the car seat should be in here somewhere, shouldn't it? Wait a minute. Baby! She's right in front of me, but now yeah. I'm like, I'm doing the, the conservative. Baby! You should ask her. You should ask her. Do we have everything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Spun it back around. Baby! Where's the car seat? Baby! Where's the car seat? She looks around like, what? Didn't you, you put you it in? You the car. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I thought I did, but apparently I didn't. So go through the same damn thing. I get there. We get there. Get out of taxi. I get them upstairs. I got to go all the way back to, to O'Hare last night. From the South Loop? From the Sloop. Same For taxi driver seat? takes me all the way. I mean, I got one kid in one car seat, so yeah, I can't you just leave it there, you man. Did, you should you have just t- booked another shift somewhere. <laughs> And pay for the damn car seat. Just got another car seat. <laughs> what did it take you, like ride. another two hours? Yeah, that would have been sunk cost for me. Like, yeah, you know what? at that point, it's kind of torn up, me? too. I would have been like, hey, guys, I started the registry. Like, I would have made it a, a GoFundMe. I would have went on Twitter. Yeah. I would have said, you know what? It's like, not I'll... in mint condition. Yeah. If this car seat was like a baseball card, it was. it's not in mint condition at all. Right. It has been torn and tattered. Even more of a reason to let it go at that point. Fortunately, it was still sitting there. The car seat was right there. I got literally people clapped. Who wants a tattered car seat at that point? People clapped as I got into the taxi line to grab the car seat and put it in the new vehicle. So we have everything. It just took a couple of absent-minded moments for it all to happen. I think you might have paid more in the taxi to and fro. Oh, it was uh, <laughs> it was pricey. Yeah, sure. Taxi driver was warning me about it, too. Like, uh, sir, are you sure yeah. you would like to have me take you here? Just and go and then come back. Yeah, so, yeah. Hey, man, if I don't, then I'm going to hear it nonstop. Hey. Sometimes you need personal time away from your family so that that way, you know, you can get away from the, <laughs> you need a vacation from the vacation. And uh-huh. I, I just understand that's exactly what you did. He's Anthony yeah. Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 to score. But that's what happens around this time. Baby! <laughs> hey! She's li- literally you? like three inches of her. Is this everything? Baby! Uh, where's the car? Baby! You got the car seat? I don't see it. Fortunately for you, Ant, there are other people in the city of Chicago that are, are, are feeling your, your, your pain or have right. felt your pain. I hope so. 312-644-6767. Let's go to Steve out in Peoria. So... Your debacle took place on the interstate. Hey, Gabe and uh, Ant. My uh, story was this. Driving back from uh, St. Louis to uh, Peoria and over on 270, and I'm driving along, and my wife is uh, sleeping in the seat there. I apparently missed the 55 exit, (laughs) and uh, she wakes up about an hour later, and she goes, where are we? I go, well, I'm looking for the 55 exit. (laughs) She takes a look, and she just sees a sign. She gives an expletive and uh, had to turn back about an hour and 15 minutes back to get to where we were supposed to go. That's so that, – that, now that's fun right He there. was in Sheboygan, and he didn't know. My, my favorite is when, you know, you, you pass up the exit, and then they wait till you pass it up to be like, hey, were you supposed to get off there? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Was I? That, why didn't you tell me that before I took it? We could have fact-checked that. I definitely had one of those driving th- to, through Boston to the museum. Dude. yesterday. I had one of those too, man. 
I, I can't make the turn <laughs> after the turn is passed. Like, Hello. Information I needed well, 30 then, seconds ago. And they're like, well, I didn't want to get you mad by asking you. Well, now I'm really mad. Now I'm, I'm going to be more mad yeah. if you wait until I miss the turn. Unreal. I hate it when that happens. 312-644-6767. We'd love for you to weigh in. Mine was my, mine is, is a short, simple story about okay. uh, confusing airports. I was Ooh. going to Puerto Rico when I was in seventh grade. And my dad, I mean, I'm a seventh grader, so the responsibility should not have been on me. Shouldn't have been. And Sounds like it was. I, I lost the day of Puerto Rico because of it. Oh. So we, go, we get to O'Hare, and then we get out of the car. You know, they're trying to walk me up to the terminal. And my mom's like, is it O'Hare? Are we? <laughs> and my dad's like, what are you talking about? Are you serious? No, me diga. And I'm like, uh, and then we literally, we tried to make the flight because yeah. it was actually leaving out of Midway. <laughs> I uh, didn't make it in time, so needless to say, my vacation. Did they both look at you like Gabriel? No, no, no. I I just got an ass whooping. It's just what happens in my family. You know what I'm saying? You just get a cocotazo for nothing. Didn't even do anything. It's not me. All right, the one last call before we take a break. Let's go to Dean out in the Quad Cities. Dean, what was your uh, holiday nightmare story? Hey guys, uh, it it has more to do with getting ready to leave the house, and um, my wife probably had asked me about three times what time we were supposed to be somewhere. And I knew that after we got there on the way there, we had a little trip to take and we were going to want to grab something to eat. And I wasn't paying attention to her about the time at all. I was half watching TV and half looking at my phone. And out of nowhere, I just yelled Taco Bell. Uh, Knowing that I wanted to grab something to eat and I wanted to go to Taco Bell. And she just stood in front of me for a couple of seconds like, did you hear me any of the few times that I've asked you what time to be there? But you got, but you had your Taco Bell Grande though. I mean, I hope so. At least got that out of the deal. I hope uh, Taco so, Bell. Do you feel better now that, that, that you're not the only, that you're not the only one? Uh, that helped. It, it did help a little bit. Kinda yeah, eased, yeah. Eased Looking eased at the text a line bit. a little bit, got some of those too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of folks thinking I should have just left my son's car seat as well. Hundred percent. We, we got to understand that you know I'm not the only one in this equation. I have a wife to answer to in these scenarios. So I didn't even list that. As a possibility of like, do you think I should just leave it? Because I feel like I knew the answer. There's an there's an emotional connection. You know, we got one kid yeah. and one car seat. Yeah. So I think if it was like, you know, his binky that I would have left at the airport, <laughs> she probably would have said, go get that damn binky because it's his. Because that's just how my wife rolls. So I was pretty sure what the answer would have been. I the, impor- the important part is that you know your wife better than we do. And so you knew, you knew what the right answer was before you even had yeah. that conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Baby! Coming up at the top of the hour, Coach Wonstadt's going to be here. I'm sure he has some interesting stories of holiday travel. Uh, We'll be talking Bears with him. But uh, there is a specific receiver, and people have been talking about, you know, the Bears and how they lack some some weapons at Mm -hmm. particular positions. But there's a receiver that is playing in the AFC that no one is talking about that could potentially be a candidate for the Chicago Bears wide receiver role of the number Color one. Me interested. Who okay. is that guy? Uh, we'll tell you on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for Parkinson Spiegel right here on 670 The Score. Baby! The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Matt Spiegel got on with some takes that were pure gold. A little too much Parkinson. Afternoons on The Score. Obviously, I don't think anybody was excited about it in here. I don't, you know, him being one of, one of my really good friends and, you know, the reason why I came here in the first place I wouldn't. I wouldn't be here right now if he wasn't. Uh, you know, if he wasn't here. So um, I think everybody knows how I feel about him. And, and you know, with that said, there's a uh, there's uh, a process of how things go. And I'm not gonna sit here and, and go on and on. But obviously, I support my guy. And um, you know, I, 
you know, we, we got to finish the season out, you know, the best way we can possible with, you know, all things considered at this point. But, uh, yeah, any, anything else that you guys got, you can, you can leave that for, for culture. Could that be the voice of wide receiver one for the Chicago Bears next Woo! season? Could it be? I know you're asking. I couldn't hear it that well, Gabe. Who is it? Well, after the benching of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams sits in a team where he's not necessarily sure he's going to be throwing on the ball next year. Did everything he could in his power to get over there to Las Vegas. And now he's in a situation where he could he could ask out. And if they're in full rebuild mode, because isn't Josh Jacobs a free agent as well? Or going to be one? Should be. He's towards the end Studs, of his rookie can you look deal. Yeah, they me? declined his fifth-year option. He's yeah. going to be a free agent. Yeah. Right. So this is the perfect time they for They could them. tag him, but right. he's supposed to be a free agent. But if you were trying to you know, rebuild, this would be the moment. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you heard the, the reasonings why they benched uh, Derek Carr's because if he gets injured, he has a clause in his contract where his $33 million is then guaranteed. And so if he isn't hurt in these last couple of games, then the possibility is there for them to cut him, right? So Devontae Adams is a bear. Let's live in that space because there are some connections to this team, right. specifically Lou Getze. So we're just, we're just existing in a world where Devontae Adams is already a bear. No, okay, no, right. no, I mean, no, I, no. I'm willing to relax in that no, space I, for a moment, but okay, I'm just we're we're in, we're, we're going to be living in the space, Anthony Heron, where we are trying to start a wave. Ah, that's uh, where we're at because okay. it comes from public pressure, things like this, you right. know, yeah. to, you, uh, get, you know. So number one pick turns. I tweeted out some guy. I forgot who it was. He tweeted out like, if the Bears get the number one, he traded to the number two. And then he take the number two. He traded to the number three. Number three. And I was like, this is me after drinking a six pack. And so that's where we're at with this Devonta Adams thing. I, I could spiral quickly, but it has to start somewhere. And if maybe 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 at the end of that long tweet of all the things the Bears can do with each one of those draft picks, then they could then turn that into Devonte Adams. Um, do do you even foresee a situation? Because obviously, you know, Studs brought it up to me and, you know, I thought it was a great concept. Mm-hmm. It, do you even see a situation where the Bears, because then they'd be asked to give up a ton yeah. if that were the case. And obviously, that's, the, right. that's what we're doing. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. We talk about sports, talk about how the Bears can be helped. Devontae Adams obviously could be that dude. I mean, what are your even initial thoughts when you hear something like that and me bring up the notion that there, he could be a disgruntled employee and want to get out of there? So he has always been a really effective football player. You know, like think back to kind of the early stretch of Devontae Adams' career in Green Bay. There was like a couple of drops early on. But on the whole, I mean, a guy who who pretty much stepped in and had immediate success but then went to like stratospheric, you know, sort of success and became a guy in the discussion to be, you know, as the best receiver in football potentially. And, you know, aside from just the – lack of continuity, lack of all-around productivity of the the Raiders' offense. He hadn't done a lot to hurt that reputation this year in Vegas. Uh, I mean, you know, just so I make sure I don't forget to say this later, uh, Josh McDaniels is is the biggest problem with the Raiders right now. <laughs> Without more, question. More so than Derek if Carr. You, if you watched any game, you would know that answer for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't, you know, I mean, Mark Davis is the owner, but aside from that, and, you know, obviously, you're, you know, family legacy and whether you get it through family legacy like like Davis or you get it just through being uber rich you're allowed to be loopy as as an owner of a professional sports team and make bad decisions and whatnot but um you know Mark Davis this is a hire that he seemingly has gotten very wrong in my opinion and I, I thought it was going to be a hire that got that was very wrong when he first made it and we've seen a lot 
on the resume of of Josh McDaniels up to this point. And most of it uh, as a coordinator was good. Most of it as a head coach has been awful. And he's gotten this other opportunity, so he's switching his quarterback out. That's his prerogative, but I, I don't think he's, he's long for Vegas. Certainly shouldn't be. But if they go into a rebuild mode, that's a scenario where I'd almost rather they kept – McDaniels as the head coach as opposed to bringing in some other like lame duck coach to come in here and try to clean up his mess because that's what we tend to see and a lot of times it tends to be like all right here's your chance black coach and then the black coach comes in to clean up the mess of the other guy and then once the mess begins to get cleaned up then we want somebody a little more seasoned yes now it's time to bring in the winner and bring the winning coach in here so you know my hope would end up being that that they allow McDaniels to stick around and you know, whatever mess he is making, he gets to make this mess for a little bit, and then he can clean up the mess himself. Thank you, Ray Diaz. And that beyond that, then, you know, Devontae Adams may or may not be willing to stick around for said rebuild. And so operating in the space of, of the potential for Devontae Adams to to end up uh, leave, be, you know, to leaving Las Vegas, then I like, the, I like the idea. And if the Bears do end up in a position where they can get a major haul for a very high draft pick. And especially if you have this, you know, the, this cascade of draft picks that can come from <laughs> trading me. down one. Chicago underscore game. And the next thing you know, they're leaving their car seat somewhere and Devontae <laughs> Adams is a Chicago Bears wide receiver. That that sounds like it would be Go a pick lot of up. fun. Yeah, I mean, because that's the number one thing, right? A lot of people are asking for a number one wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. And they'll say, oh, well, the, the wide receiver draft class isn't a strong one. And, oh, there are a few guys that are out there that can be had, you know, via trade. You got to give up some of your draft capital, right? Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're, what you think as a Bears fan, the Bears need to use in order to make their team better. Well, then how are you then going to give it up to secure the rights of a top tier receiver in the league the way that other teams have that you've been trying to use in arguments? Oh well, you know Jalen Hurts, they need to give AJ Brown for him, and you know, well, yeah, they have to give up a ton. Who are you picturing when you do that voice? I'm picturing like a 35 year old guy that lives at home okay. with his mom. All right, yeah. No, no shade, no shade, but, like, no yeah, shade. but, but no they're shade. out there, and then they get really passionate yeah. about their sports yeah. takes and their conspiracies. And, and they, 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 if they just did like one more click, mm-hmm. they'd probably have like a better opinion. Mm-hmm. But they right. like read yeah. the captions, they're like my wife. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. like, oh, babe, did you see what happened yesterday? They're like, oh, what happened? I don't know. I just read the headline. <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, but it's a, it's a tricky situation to be in. But yeah. something that the Bears will continue to discuss, obviously, with the draft looming in well, April. The, and the, the other aspect of that that's really interesting as it relates to the Raiders is that now they're saying we're moving on to to Jared Stidham. Then you also do have the aspect of this is a squad that will likely be looking for a quarterback. And so now when we're talking about the Bears draft hall, the more suitors there are who are hoping to rise up into the the stratosphere of the draft in that top yeah. two and top three to maybe trade up for a QB, the more teams who are QB starved, the better for the teams at the top of the draft. Best thing that could happen to the Chicago Bears on Saturday is that C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young just play out of their mind. Mm. Win their games, play out of their mind, so that that way they become – that highly touted prospects that they are. That would be the best thing to happen to the Chicago Bears. But neither one of them will be on uh, the team uh, coming this season. But uh, we get a chance to talk to someone who has an opinion not only about who the Bears uh, should have on their squad, but also uh, what the Bears can be doing in these next couple of games. Of course, I'm talking about former Chicago Bear head coach Dave Wanstatt. He's going to hang out with us in the 4 o'clock hour. Do we have bourbon? 
Yeah, that's a good question. That's man. what I was asking I Ray Diaz. Shane's office. <laughs> if Shane has it, it's hidden. It so. is because I tried to steal some bourbon yeah. like two weeks ago and I yeah. couldn't find it. There I know he's got Malort down there, vodka. but I don't think Coach do, is going to. I do yeah. not. No, I, I'm yeah. selfishly asking for myself. So if we, you're not going to peer pressure Dave Wanstead into having bourbon if he's not you up. You know what happened the last time I was on? Last time I was on Dave. I, I finished my first one, and I was like, hey, you want to do another? And he's like, no, no, game. <laughs> so the peer pressure, it's not working at all in that space. All right, we'll try to find some bourbon. We'll also try to find Coach Wastat and get him in. Again, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron filling in for part. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.